This week on The Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast, we finally made it. This week we're talking about the 2012 blockbuster film, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Welcome to the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. My name is Jeremy. With me this week are Rail Splitter Mary. Hey, Rail Splitters. And Rail Splitter Nick. What up? And this week we are blessed to have a fourth Rail Splitter with us. He is our second Rail Splitter from Godrich, Ontario, and our second Rail Splitter named Jeremy. Uh, he is Jeremy, and I'm going to go ahead and let Mary do the introduction of our special guest this week. Hey, well, our special guest this week is my husband, Jeremy Allen. Um, he obviously is from Goddard, just like I am. He is a co-host of GDP Radio, which is a video game, um, movie, music, pop culture podcast that he does once a week with a few of his buddies. And he is joining us today to talk about the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. He is coming to us not as a Lincoln nerd, but just as somebody who enjoys watching movies. Uh, so welcome, Jeremy. We're going to call you Jer on the show just to distinguish between the two Jeremys. Um, so welcome and thank you for joining us tonight. Hello, rail splitters. <laughs> a- am, I, am I an honorary rail splitter for the evening? Yeah, you absolutely. Are. Are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. So made it. <laughs> I, I have to confess, and I apologize if this is offensive, but when I was thinking about how to differentiate between the, the multiple Jeremys, I was thinking that your your last initial is A, and you're Canadian, so we could call mm. you Jeremy, eh? No, that's perfect. <laughs> that's okay, good. The, the, the a, Canada A jokes aren't, aren't offensive. <laughs> Jeremy, eh? That's great. No. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't I didn't want to offend the entire nation no. of Canada and your use of the No, Canada. that's entirely offensive. You can't offend a Canadian. Somebody Canadian and, and say the word A. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yourself? Sure. Well, what would you like to know? What what direction would you like me to go? Oh. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> who who are you? Well, I, I I live with Rail Splitter Mary. Uh, we've known each other since two thousand and four, uh, and she has taught me a lot about the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln Civil War. Um, as I say, I'm not I'm not an Abraham Lincoln Civil War. Uh, geek like she is but I, I i know more than the average person just through osmosis i think and just you know she, she's always giving me tidbits of information and i've actually grown to appreciate the subject matter quite a bit since i've known her since you know in the last few years especially since she's and i really started to do this show and and uh, really kind of taken that that interest and that passion of hers has brought it to the forefront can you uh talk to us a little bit about uh gdp radio what is that and what uh, kind of content would our listeners expect to hear over there absolutely i'll, I'll give you my quick uh 60 to 90 second pitch for the show and a little bit of history on it so uh i do a weekly podcast called gdp radio it's on uh gaming and movies and tv and other pop culture and things like that uh so a few buddies of mine started uh, something called the Games Day podcast back in 2008. This is 10 years ago. 
and they used to get together and get together and play games and like make nachos and stuff like that called them games days so they thought that they would uh film themselves doing some of this maybe you know talk about video games uh and they did that so the first episode was actually published in like july of 2008 and then sporadically over the next few years they recorded a few more episodes here and there uh brought on a few other guys which 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 we've since both become really good friends with and over the course of the next few years all the way through to 2015 we recorded 300 episodes uh it kind of went through various uh style changes and and the name changes and so forth but we actually recorded our our 300th show i believe it was july of 2015 then we uh, took a little break, took about a two-year break. And at that time, we used to get together kind of every week and kind of hang out and chat and play games and, and, and record a weekly show. Um, and when we talked about starting the show back up, it, was, it wasn't really feasible for us to do that just because things change and, you know, everybody gets busy doing other things. So we decided to try recording them remotely, kind of like you do here. And so we published the first episode of GDP Radio in late December of last year. And we just hit our 25th episode. We, we released them every Friday morning. And uh, the last episode was our, was our big E3 show. And E3, for those of you who, who don't know much about gaming, E3 is a big convention that they hold uh, once a year in Los Angeles. And you have keynote addresses from Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and a lot of other prominent companies and so there's lots of like game announcements and news and trailers and playable demos. So it's probably like the biggest week in gaming. You know, it's it's like Christmas time for us. So it's so it's great. That was a that was great to do our 25th show of that. Outstanding. So um, you're kind of brought on the show as a guest here as our pop culture uh, connoisseur uh, yeah. through your work with GDP Radio. So if you're yeah, and and I was just gonna say I'll just add very quickly. So if you're looking for it, so it's GDP Radio, and uh, we are hosted on Podbean, same as you, and uh, you can find the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and any other any third party podcasting app that you're using. Just search for GDP Radio, and it'll come right. Excellent. Up. So unlike us, you're a real podcaster. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, you were podcasting before. It was cool. uh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, we. <laughs> We just get together and talk for an hour once a week. Sounds, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so today's topic is the film Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, uh, which uh, came out in 2012 and was a film adaptation of the novel of the same name by Seth Graham Smith. Um, and I would like to, uh, I'll start uh, because since the very first episode of The Rail Splitter, I have been consistently hating on this film uh and i watched it for only the second time just last night uh and so i just kind of want to tell my story and then turn it over to you all to do kind of a panel discussion but um i went with uh two friends of mine who i just kind of drug out because uh, we had we back in those days i was playing uh corex softball and I was like, I'm going to see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter at midnight because it was a Thursday night, and that was when they still did those midnight showings. So I saw it at midnight, and I took two like semi-enthusiastic people with me named Aaron and Rob, uh, and we went to the midnight showing, and I was so supremely disappointed in the film. Uh, I apologized to them. I was just furious about it. I had just read the book, and it is not a faithful um representation of the book it's very 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 different from the book i thoroughly enjoyed the book 
because it was truly a mashup, uh, which is a kind of a new genre. Like they truly took a Lincoln biography and added the vampire element. Um, and there are things, there are nuances to that genre that I think need to be um, adhered to. Like this sounds stupid, but historic accuracy. You can't make up characters. Like you kind of weave it in. And he does a great job of creating that mashup. So I really, really enjoyed the, the book, and then when I went to the movie, I was just really disappointed, and I just left super, super angry. And then I watched it again last night, and I think I've been a little too harsh. <laughs> I really actually kind of enjoyed it. There were definitely things I didn't like, uh, but I think the combination of the liberties they took with history plus the liberties they took with the book just kind of put me in a salty mood that night, I guess. So I'm going to take back a little bit of the hate that I was throwing toward Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I actually kind of enjoyed it this time around, although I do have some issues with it that, that we'll definitely get to. Um, but I just wanted to start the conversation by giving my little story about the film, because you've heard me hating on it quite a bit if you've listened to this show regularly at all. Um, I do think I do go with the uh, stereotypical snobbish uh, uh, comment, the book was so much better, um, but it was. But I did enjoy it. Um, there were some casting issues that I have serious reservations about. Some other things that I'm sure we'll get to. But I wanted to turn it over to you all at, for a panel discussion of the film as well. I'm sure most of our listeners have probably seen it. So um, who wants to start with your thoughts on Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter? Full, full spoilers. Yes, yes, full yes, spoilers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, think it's past that time. Yeah, we can, we can go full on. Yeah. Um, I had a similar experience. We, me and Kara went, and we went with a couple who had been, I think they, were, they had to be married at that time, but they never like went out to a movie at a movie theater as a couple yet. And they went to see that movie with us. We thought it was going to be awesome, and we also felt very bad and were apologetic. And it has now become a joke amongst the four of us um, that that was the first movie. Um, they have seen others since, luckily for them. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. So I guess the haters have started this show. So I, th I thought apologizing was it was a Canadian <laughs> trait. Primary. What are you all apologizing for? You didn't make the movie. I mean, geez, you're just talking to the movie. <laughs> Dude, it was their first movie they ever went to as a couple. Uh, okay. We were talking it up. So you thought you were taking them to Ben Hur or something like that, some sort of cinematic. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, we're really hoping that this vampire hunter movie was just gonna, you know, I can't believe it got Oscar Blow snubbed. Blow them away. But, <laughs> well, then I like try to explain to him whoever read the book, and I'm like, it's just not realistic like the book was, which I yes, stand yes. by that. But if you have, yes. but if you have, okay, yeah, read the book, that means that you're like you're an idiot. So, um, yeah. But anyways, I'll let somebody <laughs> else talk now. Well, I like Jared and I. The first time we viewed it was together, and it was just here at our house because we our theater in town is we've got two screens. And it it sucks. Anyway, and we didn't make it to uh, the city to see it at all. So we just, um, I think we actually bought a copy of it. I went out and bought it. We did. Yeah. I think amazing. we got one. I think the Blockbuster was still here. I think we got a second, like a used copy yeah. for $5 or something like that. It's yeah. still here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I was all like, oh, go out and get a copy of it. And yeah. um, anyway, so let's say I was. I think I was wrapped up in like how much I loved Ben Walker's Lincoln <laughs> that I really like was fangirling and I'm like, Oh my God, he's so cute. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed the first half of the movie. It's entertaining. The second half I was kind of like, 
and of course, no, not as good as the book, not even close. But I, I don't hate the movie at all. So, so I'm coming to this. I have not read the book. I, of course, Mary had told me a lot about the book most of it ever after seeing the movie and telling me some of the differences, which I'll have to get to kind of refresh my memory on, on what the main differences are. But I, I kind of look at this movie kind of like a Michael Bay movie for the most part, you know, it's kind of like a check your brain at the door and just enjoy the fighting. Not that there's many explosions. There's a few, but the fighting and like, you know, like the, like the ax twirling and all that stuff. You just kind of, you know, just kind of enjoy the ride, you know, while it happens. And it's not a, like, I think some of Michael Bay's Transformer movies were like two and a half hours long, you know, three hours long. This is not that, what is it, like 90 minutes, 100 Mm -hmm. minutes? Yep. Totally watchable. You can, you know that, you know, even though things are over the top and, you know, it it may seem a little ridiculous, you know, the clock is ticking and, and it, and it was a movie that knew how long it had to be. It didn't, uh, it didn't seem to linger and you know, thought it, thought they had to do a two-hour-plus movie on it, which probably would have been unbearable or get a little bit tiresome. Well, that's the one thing that I think I said to you last night when we were watching it during the train scene as they're running up the train, and I said, this is absolutely ridiculous, but because it's Abraham Lincoln, it's awesome. Yeah. If it was Zachary Taylor or, like, yeah. any other president, like, it just wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't work. Like, but there's... And the train scene is... Yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, I don't want to dominate the conversation... But- but I, I thought that set pieces were fantastic. Like the, um, you know, the train and uh, at the plantation, the fight there and the, uh, with the horses, even though that was completely, I mean, it was all over the top and ridiculous, but it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And then seeing it the second time, I appreciated those elements more. Um, some things that really kind of pulled me back. Um, one of the biggest problems I had when I first saw it is they make Springfield look like this bustling metropolis. Um, that it's really mm-hmm. like the center of action, like, you know, the, the character that, that charges Lincoln with becoming like his protege of a vampire hunter. He's like, I'm going to send you to Springfield. And he's like, Ooh, Springfield. And he goes there and it's like, there's so much action. And I mean, it was at that time, very much a frontier town. Like if you were truly a protege of this vampire hunter, you, you know, like the way he says it, it's like, it would be on par with like New York or Chicago or, you know, um, even though Chicago was pretty small at that time too. But, um, so I kind of was like, that is not Springfield, but the, the, the scenes where he starts to become a politician, uh, those are very, either that was an amazing set or those were filmed at the old state Capitol in Springfield, uh, because it was Mm -hmm. spot on. I'm almost, I'm pretty sure they filmed it there because. Um, it looked very, very real. So some of the sets were actually pretty good. Um, so I, I have always had a major, major, major issue, uh, with the casting of Steven Douglas because Alan Tudyk is awesome. Uh, I liked him when the movie came out and now I've grown to like him even more. Uh, he's brilliant at what he does. He was great as K2SO in Rogue One. Terrible, terrible casting for Steven Douglas. Yeah, he just, I mean, I loved him as Wash in um, yeah. Firefly, Firefly, Serendipity. He was, he, after Serenity. us, or Serenity, <laughs> sorry, Jack Serenity. Serendipity, Serenity. <laughs> yeah, if they came up with another Firefly movie named Serendipity, I would watch the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah too. Yeah, so Serenity, he, I realized after I watched Serenity that he really was one of my favorite characters on that mm-hmm. show. And, but just, yeah, the Stephen Douglas, I don't know, he walks into the, 
like the general store and he looks like he's going to die at any moment because he's got these dark circles under his eyes and he just does not, the makeup was either bad or they were trying to portray him as being unhealthy. But he just, I don't know. I, after watching it last night, I'm like, "Eh, I don't like that casting. Yeah. When you mentioned about the casting a few minutes ago, that that was the one person that I was thinking didn't, didn't, well, to me, didn't really fit the role. I, I kind of, you know, see him as wash in, in firefly but yeah he just he, he wasn't really in it much and he just maybe maybe he was just available at the time who knows i don't know if yeah. there were any but there was anybody else that was up for the role before him but i i agree yeah, i was literally about to say that they were probably like well i don't know alan tudyk's in town you know like <laughs> maybe he can yeah. but he's like <laughs> he's oh, not doing anything right now. okay yeah. but like you know it just like he's never struck me as someone who wouldn't research a role you know like he seems to be somebody that kind of immerses himself in roles even when they're kind of absurd um like mm-hmm. like his character in dodgeball like the pirate guy was so like he was so deep it appeared to me he's like so deep in that character like i'm like wow this guy he didn't like he really worked hard on that um and then you see this this like has no mannerisms that i would associate with Stephen a douglas and he's and the writing for him was pretty poor too he was very much just kind of you know everybody knows what the lincoln douglas debates are they'll know this guy um so that was kind of kind of tough to, to wrap my head around but um yeah not not the best um role for him and interestingly he was uncredited for that mm-hmm. yeah i was just going to mention that he was uncredited so i wonder if movie. he was kind of like really? feeling it i don't know he doesn't deserve to be credited <laughs> that's how bad he was <laughs> so uh let's start with that though that was those are my two of my uh, complaints um what complaints do you have about the movie and then we'll get to some praise of course too I felt like it was so fast-paced. Like, everything's happening. Bam, 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 bam. I actually would like to... I, the way miniseries are done now and the writing for TV, HBO, Netflix, I think if you state... To me, what made the book so great is it was the historical events that actually happened that drove that plot. And then they found ways to include the vampire story there. Um to make sense of it all, and that's what made the book so good. You need some time to develop that out and hash that out um, and, and to play that up, and, and that's always a challenge when you bring a book to a movie, and I understand that. I think this could, if you get the right crew around it, this could have really been an awesome miniseries of like four or five hour-long shows where you get some more character development behind you know, Henry um, and Lincoln, and just build it like the book did because the book takes some time getting into it and everything. And the book's really great till the end. The end of the book's a piece of crap, I think. The very, very, very end. The I, big I spoiler it. at the end. Um, of me? Yeah, like the book yeah. that is, you know, like where the, yeah, he yeah, actually yeah, yeah. makes it. We don't want to spoil the book and so the I don't movie, know do if we? we should spoil the know, book. Maybe. I don't know. But the the ending's definitely different between the two. Yeah. Um, so you thought it would have been better served had they just slowed things down and maybe. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting you say something like that because uh just uh, about a month ago uh we talked about on our show we talked about ready player one and very quickly just had some of the same kind of complaints that that you're having nick is that you know there, there was a ton of stuff in that book and they just tried to cram it all into a two and a half hour movie where we we're like man it would have been so awesome if like netflix had picked this up or something and made it into an eight or ten parter and you know be able to uh, like adhere to the book more closely and keep some of those ideas in so it's interesting that you say that and 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 now that they're you know netflix obviously wasn't 
like around to the same degree it is now back in 2012 but you know obviously there is that avenue um you know for uh, for you know for things to go and and, and it would be interesting to see if some of these things got got split up into, into yeah, more I parts. Agree. I agree. Yeah, movie I, player I, one's another prime example of book better than movie. Um I did hmm. I did think that that was pretty decent but I agree like there's so much left out and you know mm-hmm. um, but anyway sorry Nick go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just it kind of felt like the people who made the movie are like, oh, what's the coolest fight we could put Lincoln in where he's using the axe, we could have the blood dripping. I mean, that stuff was badass. It looked cool as hell. Because I think it's the same guy who directed Wanted did this movie. Am I mm-hmm. correct on that? Yeah, I think so. so uh, Wanted had some awesome action scenes in it. Um, so the fight scenes, I agree. I mean, they're cool. It's awesome. It just kind of felt like that's all that they cared about. Was like, yeah, let's get Lincoln running up this train that's on fire with an axe that also shoots like a gun, and then and have also a had a bayonet at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good love that. <laughs> so. And and the thing that really irritated me, like Lincoln is like superhuman, like he's like a superhero. Yeah, like, okay. He takes we... one swipe of the axe and knocks down that like big sequoia tree. Just that like, was so stupid. Ah! One one of the first. One of the first things we noticed at like the start of the movie, uh, when like when he's going after, uh, sorry, was Barnes or Barts? Barts. Yeah. Yeah, Barts. Gets his face slammed through one of the planks on the dock, like clean through, just boom. And then like he wakes up the next morning and he's got not even a scratch right on his face. Yeah. You know, that's that's the type of yeah. movie that we're. And then you know, that scene where he cuts <laughs> through the tree, <laughs> he's like swinging as hard as he can. And like barely making a dent, and then like Henry, Henry's like, "Don't yeah. you really want it?" And he's like, "Okay." And then he swings through the entire tree. Fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That pissed me off so much. That's where the whole movie went bad for me the first time. I'm like, "Fuck this! This isn't like the book." And then I just dropped it off. That's fine. Uh, but that's how angry it made me. And oh god, I was just so mad. Yeah. And like in the book, it's like he's working out, like he's just like a really just like the ultimate like athlete in the book. And yeah, oh yeah, that annoyed me. Sorry. And all of a sudden, he's like he goes from being human to X Men in like sixty seconds. Yeah, no kidding. That's what I I was like. Side story: Abraham Lincoln is like an X Men or something. Yeah, it was like a weird combination of axe work and martial arts. Um, One concept that I also that I wanted to talk about is kind of a panel too. Um, I was fixated on the Lincoln's side of it saying like it wasn't true enough to Lincoln. I'm guessing there's a bunch of folks out there who like enjoy vampire fiction or vampire, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. vampire lore who are like, like there's certain rules, right? Like there's rules to zombies. Like yeah. they're obviously pretend, but there's still rules. Right. Um, so like if a zombie could mm-hmm. fly, you'd be like, well, that's zombies can't fly. That's ridiculous. I have a feeling that there's probably a lot of vampire purists who are like, you just get these 19th century sunglasses and apparently the sun doesn't matter anymore and they can mm. disappear, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, I get the super strength and like their, their appearance totally changes. Like a lot of the stuff was consistent, but I'm always curious, like were vampire people saying the same thing that Lincoln people were saying, we're like, Oh, it's just not true to the, you know, to the genre or to the history or to whatever. Um, because of the disappearing and the, for some reason, sunlight totally doesn't matter. Like sometimes they take their sunglasses off. It's like, like that's not vampires. I know it's fine. And other times he's like wearing his sunglasses. Did they address that in the movie at all about the no. uh, 
why they're not vulnerable to sunlight. I no, I, I forget. No, they address it in the um, they address it in actually. There's not only is there Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but there is a sequel called The Last American Vampire. I I don't know if I would recommend it or not. <laughs> I was going to read it because I just learned about it today. Uh, yeah. Well, the only thing they address in the movie, like as far as vampires, is a vampire can't kill a vampire. Yes, right. that that part was um, that is was that part of I vampire knew. lore. Is that true? I don't know. All I know is that back when I was on, um, I had a Tumblr blog about the Civil War, of all things, but I came across all these people who wrote fan fiction for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Like, that is a, that is a thing. Like kind of meta fan fiction, right? It's, it kind of feels like fan fiction itself. Yeah, it, it's like, it's got a whole following. I'm convinced there's fanfic about pretty much uh, any yeah, topic if, you, a whole if you look hard enough, probably. Uh, so one element that I really liked about it, there was a couple gems. I, the writing, it was always, it's always fascinating to me that the screenplay was written by the same person who wrote the book. So like somehow, like I kind of feel a little conflicted about hating on it because it wasn't faithful enough to the book because uh, the author wrote the screenplay so he can do whatever he wants because it's his book and now his screenplay. Um, so like it's not a situation where like he sold the rights and then they completely just ripped his work apart because he was the one who was doing it. Uh, but there were a couple gems, I think, in the script. Um, my favorite line that I didn't even remember until I rewatched it, but a line that I thought was just brilliant was when Rufus... No, Rufus is the actor. What's the character's name? Adam. Adam. When Adam, Adam who's not even in the book, by the way. Yeah. Uh, when Adam is talking about the history of slavery, he talks. he says the line... That something along the lines of slavery's existed since men were since men were able to invent a god that said it was okay. I was like, holy, like that yeah. was deep. I thought that line was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of this like very popcorny. I remember movie, that line. From um, last night. This like super deep, um, very anti-religious, uh, pretty pointed criticism of um, organized religion and kind of oppression. I'm like, dang, that was awesome. I thought that was a great line. So bringing this up. So Adam is smart enough, been around for freaking ever, right? Like yeah. he saw the Egypt and all that. Yeah. And then so he like he's seen everything. And then he falls for speed, just like lying to him. <laughs> like he's never been double crossed in all the years that he's lived as a vampire. I know. And yeah. Speed's the first guy who just happens to you know, convince him and he's just like, Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to come to the defense of things like this in general in the movie and that you know first of all we start off with abraham lincoln vampire hunter so right there you know we're, we're going in a different direction and, and mary and i identified several things throughout the movie that were either over the top or inaccurate Lincoln's mother or whatever. And you're like, oh, Lincoln has a sister. Where is she? I said, I don't know. That's, what I, that's what I blurred. I'm like, where's Maybe sister? she's still in bed. Who knows? I don't know. She's not here. And, you know, later on in the movie, there's no mention of Tad. You know, it was just they only had one son, you know, <laughs> things like that. So, I mean, there are all sorts of things. And, yeah, it's the same thing. With, you know, like with Adam not knowing, not suspecting that he might be getting double-crossed or lied to. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there's so many over-the-top things that uh, I can sort of look the other way with it. But I, I totally see your point, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I just felt like I love Rufus Sewell as an actor. And when he was in there as Adam, I was like, oh, Adam wasn't in the book. But I was like, oh, this will be great. I just felt like he's such a brilliant actor in anything that I've seen him in. 
And I felt like he was kind of wasted in this. And the reason was because of that thing where he's like, he's surprised that Henry's double crossed him. How old is this guy? Like, it says he's 5,000 years old. Yeah. And he's like, like everybody's been nice to you here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I agree that the casting in that was brilliant. Um, He is um, great in uh, the man in the high castle. Is that the title? Whatever that, yeah. The Netflix shows great, creepy, eerie, great villain. Uh, he also played uh, yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda in the, the miniseries John Adams. That was a little joke. He played Alexander Hamilton. Um, yeah. But, but, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, oh, you rail splitters with <laughs> your yeah. humor! I... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really that funny. I'll stick with the Canada jokes. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought his casting was good, and the character I was okay with. Um, I thought his sidekick was kind of underused, or just. I don't know what she just, she was just so her, like her sister. I didn't understand. Like I was watching her last night. I think you have really no point in this movie other than that. You go and kill um, Willie. Yeah. Like she just was, I don't know. I, that was one of my pet peeves of the movie was her. I just like, yeah, you, she, have a chance to make a, you have a chance to make a really powerful female villain. And she's kind of at Adam's mm-hmm. bidding. And the, the yeah. She's really only just in those three scenes, isn't she? She's at the plantation, and then she's um, in, in Willie's room, and then closer to the end where she where she gets like, killed. Where Mary Lincoln, like yeah, officer. Talk, yeah. talk about yeah, no, she, yeah, talk she about Mary Lincoln a little bit. What do, you, what do y'all think about Mary Lincoln in this movie? I hey. love the casting of Mary Elizabeth Weinstein as her. I thought she was very good. I, I, I enjoyed her character. I kind of looked overlooked the historical part of it. And I just, I enjoyed her. I, I love her as an actor. She's very, very good. I did think it was a bit ridiculous that she was at the battlefield. <laughs> well, we'll get to the battle. I'm sure. <laughs> time here. <laughs> I think it was yet refreshing. another thing that we noted. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it was refreshing to see a positive portrayal of Marion Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So she was a strong character. Um, she definitely smokes the, that female villain we were talking about yeah. a second ago. Um, so, Funny. yeah, I mean, she definitely was a positive, you know, not the typical Mary Lincoln that you get a lot of times, mm-hmm. which we just discussed on the show many times. Um, so that, that was a refreshing and nice thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think they just kind of committed to the mischaracterization. I'm not saying that she needed to have the stereotypical, you know, quote unquote, crazy Mary Lincoln that we see a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't think they just consciously avoided that. I'd be, I think that that's good if they did, but they just kind of completely <laughs> like, this is what this character is going to be. Don't, please don't research Mary Lincoln. Like you're going to be this like steadfast supporter of, you know, Lincoln and then be, a you know, apparently giving orders <laughs> at the battlefield. Um, <laughs> And and apparently have tons of connections to the Underground Railroad that you can just uh, use yeah. right away. By the way, another great line when Anthony Mackie, who is an awesome actor as well, um, says there's another railroad. I thought that was super cool as well. I love that line. Because at first I didn't get it. I'm like, oh, oh, they must have another train riding somewhere else. And then I'm like, oh, duh. That was just a cool. The way he said it was super cool. His character, yeah. I think, uh, not that there's so many, like, 
I, it just didn't feel right because like that just exposed mm-hmm. like I know it's nitpicky historical inaccuracies, but like the fact that he's just like chilling at the wedding and he's just always there, like it just wouldn't have happened. Like I'm all for it. Like yeah, we need inclusive casting, we need inclusive writing. I'm not, but like that character is like it. It would not that would not have made any sense for him to to be like that and for you know what I mean. It's just a weird, strange character. He also was not in the book. I mean, is that? I don't think he was anyway. No, he no. Will yeah. wasn't in the book at all. I don't think. Well, yeah. I thought that was a strange character too to throw in there. Well, I, I think I kind of understand it. I, I think I understand it. I, you know, it doesn't mean I was happy with it. But I think the big problem with the book that I had and with the movie, the vampires really, it doesn't really, it kind of allows the institution of slavery to be forgotten. Um, yeah. in a sense, it kind of pushes it to the background, um, which I don't know if that's just nitpicking the hell out of it, but you know, that's definitely a, a negative of the book. You know, it kind of moves it to the back pages, um, to suffer you forget about it. So, um, that's the one complaint I have about the book a little bit because it's not really about slavery, it's kind of about vampires. You yes. know, that's why the Civil War happened, but it is a mashup, so you got to do yeah, it somehow. I don't, I don't, anyway. If I so remember the book correctly, I thought they were kind of explaining how vampires were like. Because in the movie, slavery is food for the vampires. In the yes. book, I thought yes. there was like they've created this whole slavery structure to empower them. Like they like the vampires were all plantation owners, and they've kind of created yeah. and maintained slavery as a power structure. And I think that they kind of paint the vampires as the architects of all of that oppression. And I don't think it was like a food mm-hmm. source like it was in the movie. Because in the movie, they were very much like they wanted to keep slavery around because it was their source of food, which I thought was pretty cheap. Yeah, because yeah. Adam says at one point to Jack or to Jack Bartz, "Could you send a fresh shipment south?" Right. For us. Yeah. Well, it seems like something they just ha- maybe they felt they just had to simplify that, just so it didn't take up too much time mm-hmm. with exposition and mm-hmm. trying to explain a more complex, you know, reason behind slavery, and just thought, well, well, the slaves will just be food for them, and and everybody can just accept that. You know, well, thinking about the movie and the time frame, you got to work with the movie. I think it would have been great if the movie just focused in on young Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know, I and agree. then as soon as he puts the ax away, that's the end of the movie. You I know agree. what I mean? We can develop a lot more of this. You still get all the badass. I mean, the stuff that makes the positive of this movie is the fight scenes are excellent. Stage direction looks good. Visually looks good. Some great, really clever cuts from like where he grabs like the ax like off the table and it cuts like right into him, like using it in training, you know, mm-hmm. some very, really good high level stuff there. Um, and then you just shorten the time frame of that. You could then develop all the content and the substance behind it. Then you have a really good movie and, you know, and Mary gets to look at the young Lincoln. <laughs> My favorite things about the movie was the casting of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Benjamin Walker, I think does, a very good job in stepping into the role, particularly mainly as the young Lincoln. They seem to, ca- I think what they did is they kind of captured all Lincoln's awkwardness, um, but I think he does a good job. He looks like a young Abraham Lincoln. It's when he's President Lincoln that to me, it's not like, I don't enjoy that nearly as much. I love seeing him as the young Abraham Lincoln. And I think he does an excellent job. I, I made a point of when it, when that movie kind of shifts from 
the first part to the second part, I kind of made a point to see how far into the movie it was. And it's over halfway, and that's probably a good thing. Um, it, it seems to move through that second part pretty quickly, and really the kind of the train set piece is is the major part of that. I think if if they had have lingered any longer, like like a lot of that stuff, you're right. After after he became president, it just wasn't that interesting. So they really got to the to the point of that pretty quickly, and and I think it it maybe was 25 30 minutes in total mm-hmm. of the movie probably so that was good well the the second half gets kind of ridiculous because it's the first day at gettysburg uh, yeah, that's what and we were then they gotta like then they're like how are we going to win this battle and then somehow they procure all this silver make all this weaponry overnight overnight and get it to gettysburg and they win the walk battle. it to gettysburg it- <laughs> yeah, walk, yeah walk. <laughs> i was like this is Plus the battle scene they use for the first well, it's a day. long night. I mean, you know what? Well, yeah. <laughs> like they've got right. time, right? Yeah, I mean, awesome. Underground Railroad is awesome, but they like he, he they, they even literally say it's eighty miles away, and apparently they walked that overnight or even in a day. Um, the other, the other, one of the worst Dude. lines of the movie in the script was when he's sitting at the dinner table and he literally says, "The first day of Gettysburg could not have gone worse." Like. Did you just call it the first day of Gettysburg? Like, that's a really weird way to talk about something that that day. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're, like you're it hasn't happened, like, right? It's, the uh, second yeah. day hasn't started yet. Uh, it really hasn't been named. You know, they probably didn't <laughs> refer to it as Gettysburg, like, immediately. He probably wouldn't have even had word at that point of what right. was happening. The first day of Gettysburg. Like, it was just, why would, like, I don't know, strange wording. But anyway, I cut you off there a little bit, Nick. Sorry about that. I hate that first battle scene. You think it's like Pickett's last charge. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then it's like the first day, too. And then, like, the second one, or like the one where they win it all, they don't even choose Pickett's last charge to use. It's like the, you know, over on Culp's Hill where the fighting was safe place. It's like, and, and that was that. It was like the editor did not know anything about Gettysburg. Just like, oh, we'll go on this. And Pickett's charge and then, would have been perfect for that because mm-hmm. you have a. It's, it's a perfect opportunity for that mashup because you can be like, why the hell would they ever, would Lee ever order that charge? Well, the reason is because they're all vampires and they're indestructible unless they get silver bullets. And then so they start this super, super audacious but very ill-advised charge and it turns out they do have silver bullets and that's why history kind of happened. You know, like that's perfect for a mashup because it makes sense. It fits in. You're not stretching history. You're not stretching vampire lore. But instead it's just like... Uh, whatever it was, I don't know. Um, but yeah, not not great. And I'm also pretty sure, like I don't know, like I'm not a science person, but I don't think you can just put silver in a cannon. Like I don't know, does it handle no. heat? How does it compared to like lead? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a softer yeah. metal. Like I, yeah, I the logistics of that. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, this is not <laughs> making any sense. But then there's that fork flying in the I, air. That's pretty awesome. I. Uh, um, one thing that I did, Jeremy and I were joking around last night. Um, sorry, Jarrett, Jeremy, yeah, eh? Jeremy, Jerry, is that what we're Jerry, Jerry. Um, so, you know, he mentioned the thing where he gets his face slammed in the board and I was like, well, that should have killed anybody. And then like, I started like mentally ticking off in my head every time he should have died. Yeah. There were a few times that he, he sustained mortal wounds yeah. and uh and we're like yeah it's fine. And, you know, he's like completely getting his ass kicked by vampires and they just can't manage to get their teeth on him 
Like they're like, like they're yeah, beating then, him up. Like he's losing the fight. Oh yeah, and they've got him like pin, pinned down, he, but they can't manage to get their even, teeth to his skin. Yeah, like the first guy he goes after, like the chemist or whatever, and uh, he falls down the pit, you know, and the and he gets snared to the rope. That would have you know broken a leg or anyways. It's you know. <laughs> well, then he gets that knife, and he's got like the the strength and ability to like cut it off and like cut the guy too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah, he kinda of does this weird like anti gravity kind of, you know, slice the rope and then I, I kept saying like some down and land on his feet and yeah, it's uh... I kept saying some somebody's been like, you know, doing their ab day and somebody's been working on their yoga. Yeah. Or oh, you were watching his abs. <laughs> I know you were. Yeah, well, that, it, yeah and those, <laughs> like these superhuman vampires can like their superhuman strength are faster, they can disappear. But he he beats them he beats a room full of them. You know, I like it's just a little too there's too much of a disparity yeah. there. Even with superhero Lincoln. That that fight scene though is is one of my favorites and that leads into something else that is something that I really enjoy about this movie and that is the music. The soundtrack is very good. Um it's available on Google Play and it that the music particularly from that fight scene is very cool. I thought the title was was great, and we actually we do listen to the soundtrack outside of the movie as well. I like get to we kind of mix it in with some of our other ones, but very very well done. Very very well. It was done. originally going to be done by Trent Reznor, and he was going to have a surprise role. Ah. but he they wanted he wanted mm. it to be a surprise, and it leaked, so he pulled himself out of the project. Ah. Dude, Trent Reznor's second career as a soundtrack artist is freaking outstanding. So I love all the soundtrack. I, I love the uh, his sound, the soundtrack to the Social Network. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love that music. He did some stuff for Ken Burns Vietnam too. That's awesome. Oh so, really? Yeah. We got it. Yeah, we have to watch that too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Trent Reznor, man, we need to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be. I would happily step aside if you've got me booked again someday. But you get Trent Reznor, you know. He's like, I want to talk about pop culture. Like, we've already got a pop culture guy. Sorry. He's probably listening right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe Ken Burns and Trent Reznor will come on sometime and talk about, you know, Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> talk about this. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so it, the movie is kind of fresh because I did just watch it last night. Um, so I, I, I will say my opinion has gotten better. Um, some elements of the book, like there was an Edgar and Poe uh, character, as it was a character in the book, didn't make it over to the movie. Probably a good thing. Um, so like I find myself, I was always over praiseworthy of the book and under praiseworthy of the, of the movie. Um, but, uh, what were some other things I kind of feel like I've kind of brought up a lot of the topics. What else did you guys notice that you want to bring up on the show today? I have to say the the other character I really enjoyed was Henry. I thought he was very well played. Um, I would have loved to have known more of his, I mean, I know his backstory now that I've read. Uh, the sequel to the to the movie, but there's just that you want to know more about him, why he is the way he is. But I thought he was very well done, and I have to say, like the movie, it it does pull you through very quickly. It's the perfect length, as 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 Jer said. That um, yeah, it's it's just it's fun. Yeah, I, just real quick on the Henry character, aside from obviously Abraham Lincoln, or arguably Abraham Lincoln. Henry was really the only character who had any depth in the whole movie. I felt like you, you yes, don't know if he's I good agree. or bad. I mean, that like, there's no doubt that he's a vampire from the first frame he's in. I don't know why they tried mm-hmm. to make that a big reveal. 
you know, when he, like the guys going to, to the guys, that, the vampires attacking the prostitute. No, it was a person attacking the prostitute. And he, yep. like, the, what to me that was not a shock at all. But, like, that whole time you're really thinking, like, is he good or is he bad? Um, and Lincoln, like, they have an on-again, off-again relationship. I thought that, like, he was just so much more of a dynamic character. Everybody else in the movie, really including Lincoln, were pretty static. And there wasn't a whole lot of depth or development to him. So, yeah, I agree. Henry was was a good character uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Hey, uh, there was a scene. I don't know if it was Lincoln or Henry, but, like, they're fighting. And, like, they grab their hand, and then they drop the knife and grab it with the other hand. Yes. I I cracked on that. Which is also yes, in I the last that Jedi. Exactly. So I'm like, dude, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, right? looks like Last Jedi. It's Ray that does yes. it, Last Jedi. My it is so that? much like yeah, that. Okay. The camera angle's even the same. So obviously, at, at the very least, this must have inspired, yeah. um, you know, the fight scenes for Last Jedi. Someone that has, <laughs> someone who has more time with, than I do, needs to edit those two scenes so we can watch them uh, like on top of each other, next to each other. Yeah. Because yeah. like Nick, as soon as he did that, that's immediately what I thought of. Is Ray did the same thing, and I remember thinking mm. when I saw that in Last Jedi, like, where, like, where did that other hand come from? Like, how did she, you know, like how did that whole work where she like bent down and caught it and. But yeah, it was almost almost shot for shot. That little three or four shot sequence was exactly the same, I think. At least in my mind's eye, it the, was. Yeah, the fight sequence were awesome in the movie. I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they the, how they shot that and did that. That was very cool looking. So, um, especially for like a uh, mashup vampire Lincoln movie, it was definitely um, the right way to do it. So, um, I definitely enjoy the fight scenes. I agree. The funniest part of the movie for me, I thought it was hilarious when uh, they have that big dramatic scene and the score builds up when he pulls the axe out of the out of storage and he kind of looks at it and he starts to turn it and then he starts to turn it really fast and then he like gets the trick going and then he drops it. I don't know why. Like th- to yeah. me, that also felt like a yeah. That like that, to me, that felt like a kind yeah. of Star Wars esque joke too, like physical comedy where it's kind of character driven and like just when you think it's taking itself too seriously, they kind of throw a little joke in there. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I, I laughed out loud when, when he dropped that axe. I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pretend like uh, like this movie is a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> it For me, I'd give it like a 6.5 to 7 out of 10. Not bad. Totally watchable. But, you know, it's not a movie I need to sit down and watch every every month or every year or anything like that. So it's definitely got its faults. But, yeah, kind of like Michael Bay movie, I can I can appreciate it for what it is. It's a it's a fun. It's it's fun. And I mean, obviously, what drew me into it? I mean, I read the book, love the book, but just like it's Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. It's, you know, it's just a fun ride. And. Yeah, the last half isn't so great, but the first half is—it's very, very good. I love the first half. It didn't do all that well, like uh, at the box no. office, did it? No, and it was no, no, pretty much a universally uh, panned by the critics and, yeah. and and pretty much a financial failure, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So I was curious if we'd ever get a a sequel to it based on the. You don't want a sequel. Book. <laughs> no. I asked you what happens to, to Lincoln, and and you answered it for me. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this came up during the book club. Like, 
you know, when we were talking about how to evaluate the book, I think you always have to take in consideration the target audience. So mm-hmm. with that said, who do you think their target audience was with this movie? I think that was the problem because... The- yeah. yeah, that that was, there was, I don't know. I mean, there would be people who are in the Lincoln who would go watch it and nitpick every little bit. And I mean, I have to find, I say I found myself doing that too, like, when it started and Benjamin Walker starts narrating and I blurted out his voice is too deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought yeah. that too. And, and that was, to me, that was the f- most fun part about the book. Like there was a little bit of suspense because I was like, Ooh, how are they going to tie vampires into this? How are they going to tie vampires into that? Um, because like every, mm-hmm. every kind of little detail about Lincoln's life, they tie vampires in in a way that didn't change it didn't change the Lincoln biography part of the mashup mm-hmm. in any significant way so I was always kind of like oh man I can't wait till we get to this part because I really want to see how they how they do this um in had they really been faithful to the book it, it would have been geared I think toward people like us like Lincoln fans and I don't think it, it would have done also probably not done that great at the box office um, and then I think if they went full-on vampire movie, especially at that time, it, it was a pretty crowded field um, and probably would not have done well either. So I think that them trying to go the middle road might have been a smart decision. I mean, obviously, they're Hollywood people that are smarter than I am when it comes to films, but I think that's where they missed the mark because vampire people didn't like it, Lincoln people didn't really like it. Um, but, you know, since I had given it about six years and gone back to it, I can see it. And, and Jeremy, you make a very good point about uh, watching it for what it is. You know, I say that all the time mm-hmm. about um, about movies. I'm, I'm, re- I'm able to do that for any movie, but like, you know, what you said about checking your brain at the door, um, I try to do that. Like, I'm not a movie snob. Like, I'll go and watch a popcorn flick and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy it. I like I like all the comic book movies. You know, I'm, I'm not a real picky movie goer for the most part. Um, but it's... in when it comes to Lincoln, I think it's hard for some folks to do that. Um, but when we were, we had Dr. Stacy on the show, uh, Dr. Stacy Pratt McDermott, who, uh, um, is, is an authority on Mary Lincoln, wrote a biography on Mary Lincoln, uh, mentioned that she'd gone with some friends to see this movie. I was like, what? Like an actual real live Lincoln scholar would go to that. And she's like, Oh yeah, we went for it. Had a couple drinks and went to the movie and yeah, it was great. I'm like what? Oh, that can't be. And it's like, well, you know what? This is a, uh, you know, it's watch it for what it is. You, it doesn't matter what your level of Lincoln knowledge is. It, it's it, this is what this movie is intended for. And if you look at it for what it's intended for, I agree. I think I think a seven is an appropriate score, right around the, that range. Mm-hmm. What was it rated? Was it R? I don't know. I feel like used the F word a couple right times. Right oh, yeah, and there's like that naked R? like he sees like a blood. dead yeah, naked there's body. A sex scene like, in it too. Oh, yeah, and there's yeah. also kind of a brief sex scene in it. Oh, yeah, too. he walks. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he walks. In. That was like I didn't see anything. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, that's like some cheeky vampire humor. Like, oh yeah, we yeah yeah that was yeah it's definitely it had to be rated R. You know, Silver Axe doesn't count, but you know, and he's of course your movies get different ratings than ours do. Like something that would be rated R uh, in the U.S., I feel like it would be you know. What, what they used to call adult accompaniment 14 so if you were like 14 or, or under you would have to be have an adult with you so i don't know um if it made a 
an 18A rating here or not. I seem to reserve that for the for the really, really hardcore R-rated movies. I'm on IMDb. I can't Man, Canada, another way you guys are better than us. Your movie rating system. Yes. <laughs> a little more lax. Yeah. <laughs> Kids know the word accompaniment at a very young age based on the movie rating system in Canada. <laughs> so... I think the biggest challenge I had as far as critiquing the movie is there was no way for me to do it in a fair manner after reading the book, I felt like. It was just because I had that world in my head, and I, there's just no way I could ever give it a fair mm. rating, I don't think. And I really tried last night. Um, I just couldn't. But nevertheless, I did enjoy it more the second time than the first time, so that's definitely yeah, for sure. I have to say, I... I... I've lost count of how many times I've seen it, but yeah, like last night watching it, you know, the kind of critique it for the show and stuff. I watched it probably more closer than I ever have. And I came away liking the first half more, but still not really being sold on the second half, except for the train scene, which is so over the top ridiculous. That <laughs> it, really is. it is like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, I like that. Watch it for what it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, definitely recommend the book. Hopefully, uh, I think a lot of people have seen the movie and it definitely didn't spoil anything in, in the book at all. Um, so, uh, any uh, last thoughts before we get to our weekly segments uh, on Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the film? I think I've covered everything I uh, want to say. I did check uh, the box office. They estimated that it cost $69 million to make, uh, and it grossed $116 million. So it did make a pretty good amount of money. If that's a flop, mm. um, I would invest my money in that flop because it, uh, you know, it made a, mm. a cool $40 million, $45 million. So um, that's uh-huh. yeah, bad. Not, not bad at all. I'll take it. Um, so yeah, so check out Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. We'd really like to hear what your thoughts are on that. So join us on social media in the Facebook group. You can just search for Rail Splitter Podcast, or you can tweet at us or find us on Instagram at Rail Splitter Pod. Uh, our first weekly feature is called "Of the People by the People," and that is when we each bring a post on social media or a blog post that uh, resonated with us this week uh, and talk about it. Um, so. Do we have, we did actually record two episodes at once uh, because of summer schedules and vacation planning and all that kind of stuff. So if you, fellow rail splitters, if you didn't bring one, that's cool. But do we have any uh, posts that we wanted to talk about for this episode? Okay. I've got one. Okay, so I actually shared it to the Rail Splitter group on Facebook, and it was one that came up in the images of Abraham Lincoln uh, Facebook group that I'm also part of. And it's just a fun one, just because today's episode was so fun. Um, it's an unknown Lincoln image from the New Yorker, and it's just titled "Very Rare Color Photo of Abraham Lincoln," and it's got Lincoln, and he's it's at the Battle of Antietam, so he's standing with some soldiers. It's all in color, but he his top hat is purple. His jacket is orange. His pants are pink. He's got on purple boots and he's got on a green shirt. And I just thought that was, I saw it. um, I've had a really stressful few days. So I saw that at the right time and it just kind of made me laugh and smile and uh, brighten up my day a little bit. 
literally and figuratively. So I shared it to the rail splitter group, but I also wanted to share it on here as well. Yeah, that's great. I saw it too. It's kind of, kind of poking a little bit of fun at those recolorizations because who knows what the colors would have looked like. So I do, I thought that was pretty funny too. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. That's a great example. Uh, Nick, did you have a, of the people by the people? Oh yeah. I just saw this, uh, the day before this is posting. Uh, about uh, I believe you posted on the Rail Splitter Twitter account how much you enjoyed uh, our last episode about habeas corpus. So uh, <laughs> thank you for putting that out there, Jeremy. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, I think you said uh, Rail Splitter Barry and Nick carry the show. <laughs> no, uh, so. It's amazing. It's amazing how so now, clearly now, you remember now, that now happening. You so yeah, now now All right. I, 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 you've looked into the future. Um, I wanted to find more of a fun one, kind of like Mary did, because this is kind of a fun episode, but I didn't. Uh, um, but I did kind of find one that I think it resonated with me, and it kind of talks a little bit about why I am engaged to the extent that I am engaged in history education. Uh, it was by the hip-hop artist Common, who's from Chicago and um, is really an amazing artist. He also he's actually an actor probably now more than a hip-hop artist Mm. Uh, but he talks about juneteenth which we did talk about last week on the show but he says as we celebrate juneteenth and the end of chattel slavery in america today uh, we are reminded that this country has never truly dealt with our past in order for our nation to ever heal we must have an honest confrontation with our past Uh, and that's a lot about what we talk about on the show as kind of uh, hobby historians and it's important to confront our past um so um that was a good tweet i thought uh from common um a bit of a kind of antithetical i think to our to our show today which is a little bit more about fun but we gotta have that too which leads (laughs) us into our next weekly feature which is uh this week in lincoln where we bring up an instance of lincoln popping up outside of the normal context of american history and when we have guests on our show we invite them to bring the this week in lincoln for the week so jeremy eight Go ahead and give us your This Week in Lincoln. All right. So I've got a This Week in Lincoln, and then I want to finish just with something else kind of unrelated to that as well. So my This Week in Lincoln, of course, is uh, appearances by Lincoln or his likeness in video games. Excellent. Excellent. Two things. So, Very uh, on brand. I like the two it. two that I've <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a game that came out three years ago. It's called Bloodborne. Okay, it's a kind of an action role-playing game similar to the uh, Dark Souls video game series. Uh, if anybody's familiar with that, kind of a hack and slash. I uh, kind of go around and just basically killing enemies and bosses and collecting things that you can use to uh, sort of outfit your character. And this game has a fairly in-depth uh, character customization that you go through at the start of the game. And you can adjust all sorts of things. Um, you can adjust like body type, shape of face, skin color, stuff like that. So, of course, somebody made an Abraham Lincoln avatar in the game. And it looks fantastic. They've got like the clothing, like the atmosphere of the game is kind of like a, a kind of gothic in tone. And the the outfit that he has on is this amazing like trench coat. And, and he actually looks a lot like his, his vampire hunter attire. He's got the top hat and everything. <laughs> we saw one time somebody called him Abra Slam Lincoln. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what they call him. That was pretty great. Um, the other video game that he uh, popped up in that I saw was he is a playable character in the Lego movie video game, which uh, was sort of released to coincide with the movie four years ago and so uh if you've ever played any of the lego games they're 
they're fan recommend them for adults and kids alike. They've got uh, great co-op and like split screen and stuff like that. So uh, if you have kids, definitely grab any of the Lego games. I think they've got dozens of them now for like movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Harry Potter. And they came out with one for the Lego movie, which coincided with um, with the movie that came out four years ago. So uh, Abraham Lincoln in the movie or in the game, sorry, his his main form of attack. Well, he can he can mark targets on the screen, kind of multiple targets, and then he attacks by throwing a copy of the Gettysburg Address at them, which will then go around and strike the different targets and then loop back around and he'll catch it like a boomerang. So I thought that was really great. That was really great. So, and there are other video games out there. I know Mary wants to talk about one in particular at, at a future episode because it's a little more involved than just a sort of a bit part or a cameo. So I'll leave that for now. Um, but I just want to finish off with something and I just want to disclaimer, Mary did not put me up to this in any way, shape or form. Um, I just want to thank you guys for letting me plug my show uh at the start of the episode and i just wanted to say a few words about yours um coming from someone else who who does a podcast um i can personally appreciate just how much time it takes to put out weekly content like this there's research that has to be done uh the three of you have to find time to get together every week and do the recording and that takes you know an hour or more of time uh that recording that needs to be edited uploaded need to come up with some show notes for it so i can i can totally appreciate the time investment uh that you put into it and your podcast is really something unique and and i know of no other show that covers topics in the way you do and and the three of you show an incredible amount of dedication and consistency and for that i just want to congratulate each of you and you all deserve every bit of success that comes your way thank you thank you thank you very kind (laughs) Not sure I deserve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And you know, some weeks, and I think our audience is uh, deserves a little bit of gratitude too, because um, we do have um, very dedicated followers who bear with us when uh, the editing is not always great Mm -hmm. and sound quality could be a little bit better. And um, but uh, I think we're we're only as good Mm -hmm. as as, uh, kind of the community we're building, which is great, and we really appreciate it. And uh, and Jeremy, we really appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we'll do some more uh, pop culture related shows that you could join us with as well. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Um, we'd really, oh, you're really, welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, awesome. Time. So, uh, uh, any parting thoughts from the panel this week? It was great to have a fourth rail splitter, so we appreciate it. <laughs> Always good to get a different opinion on stuff. So, fifty percent Canadian representation on the show. Well, yeah, look at that. That's right. That's right. Um, and I'm sure our listeners are happy to finally have a voice to go along with the name because they've heard about you several <laughs> times. Fantastic. So um, uh, we will leave you for this week, but uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, Jeremy, thanks for joining us, and thank you for those kind words. And And I'd like to kind of also express um, that the reason we do this is for our audience. So I want to thank everyone who listens uh, week in and week out, or if you're just jumping in. Uh, because you searched, because you were had just watched the Vampire Hunter movie and you searched it and found our podcast because you you're so such a fan of the film. Hopefully, we did it credit. Uh, but anyway, thanks uh, for all. And of for our anybody listeners. that watches the movie because um, of this episode and hates it, we are not to blame in any way. That, that was that no. was your own fault, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're not going to drag you to your first movie or a movie at midnight. 
uh, and deprive you of sleep to watch uh, watch the Vampire Hunter movie. I will tell you this though: you can rent it uh, if you do on a tablet in standard definition. It is three bucks on Amazon, which I thought was a decent enough deal, and that's how I watched it last night because I do not own the film. Uh, but anyway, thank you once again, Jeremy, for joining us. The show, if you are looking for a pop culture, video game, movie, music uh, show, that's going to be GDP Radio. You can get it wherever you get this podcast, so check that out. Uh, and for Rail Splitter Mick and Rail Splitter Nick and Rail Splitter Mary, I am Rail Splitter Jeremy, signing off for this week and reminding you all to remember to continue to walk the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we'll see you next week.